0: Hello, this is my name, and you know me from what you're known from, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast.
1: That was a good uh, first... Uh...
2: That didn't fly, darling. <laughs> oh, all
0: right. All right. You're really you ready? You. Hello, this is John Billingsley.
2: And Benita Friderisi.
0: And you know me from, oh golly, Star Trek Enterprise.
2: And you know me from Chuck.
0: And you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner
2: Podcast.
0: Period. End of sentence.
3: You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now your hosts, Scott and Miles.
4: Your table is ready.
0: It's long and busted. This is the capital. We have a little problem with our
5: entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode.
1: I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? Where's
4: this place? It's a free show.
6: Welcome to the Sci Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 171. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And with us, also hosting tonight, we have M. M., welcome to the show.
3: Hi, thanks, guys. Yeah, we've had
6: M on before in actually two shows, although one you haven't heard yet because I haven't finished editing the Fifth Element podcast. But you heard her on the, uh, when we talked about Infect Scranton.
3: Yay! So, yep,
6: yeah, so. So, how are you doing, Em?
3: I'm good, I'm good. Been sitting here waiting in the dark for you guys to call so we could record this and have an awesome day.
6: Yeah, no, she wasn't. She's playing Guild Wars. Don't let her. Don't let her deceive you guys.
3: Guild Wars two. Guild Wars two. Yes. Level seventeen. Woohoo! woo-hoo. I'm a yeah. new kid. <laughs> <laughs>
6: That's very true. You know, it, exciting thing happening in your life was uh, you. Um, you're a part of a nonprofit where you're raising money to combat cancer, right? Yes. And so, uh, and you just recently reached your goal and said, that's not good enough. I can do better. And you raised your goal again.
3: Stretch goal, stretch goal. Right,
6: right. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
3: Sure. So, for the last couple of years, I've been using my bicycle and myself, along with a bunch of other people across the United States, to um, raise money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. There's a group called Team in Training and what they do is they find established events like the Marine Corps Marathon or America's Most Beautiful Bike Ride and they use it as a as an opportunity for people to do an endurance event and raise money for the charity. And so I've been a part of the charity since 2005 or 4. Um, and I, I, every year I pick an event and I, I, do my best to raise money. Um, and I have an event coming up on June 1st. It's 107 miles. It's called ride to Montauk. And, um, I had never really been touched by leukemia in my family until November of this year of last year, sorry, when my father was diagnosed with a chronic myelomonocytic leukemia, which developed into acute, um, on acidic leukemia, and sadly, he is in heaven at the moment, but he is totally watching over me because in a matter of 48 hours, I managed to raise $1,300, so I hit my $3,000 goal. So yesterday, while, contempl- while I was sitting in his office, I was thinking to myself, he would be really proud, and then he would say something like, well, why don't you why don't you raise 4000 So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get to 4000 by May 15th. And I'm, well, I'm pretty much on the way. I've got $3,275 raised for this charity, which does amazing things. This money is used for research. This money is used for helping uh, patients with everything, with paying for treatment, paying for cab rides to go, um, to go and get treatment, to help with bills, to help family members. If you're kind of, if you're, you're going through treatment. You're kind of, you know, you're living through that and your family needs to be around you if they can. And if they can't, the LLS is there to help you out. They're helped to be an advocate. They're they're there to teach you. I mean, as soon as I found out dad had the leukemia, um, I went onto their website and I, I knew that they had all the information I needed to help him understand in Spanish for him. So it's just all of those years I spent fundraising for this group. And when it touched my family, they were, they were, they they enveloped themselves around my family and helped us as, as best they could. And so I'm just going to keep on riding because as, as, it's too late for my dad. But I'm just going to make sure it's not going to be too late for anyone else.
5: Yeah,
6: that's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> now, if our listeners, listeners want to actually uh, help you out in this campaign, uh, where would you send them?
3: You can go to my website m just m, dot com, and i've got it there you can also go to tinyurlcom slash msg two zero one three in those two places that's the tiny url is going to take you directly to the donation site and there's a little memorial for my dad there's a cute little picture of me and i'm only a year old and it's adorable um <laughs> But uh, on my personal website, mjustm.com, I've got the info there, too. And I'll tell you, any denomination makes a difference. A $5 donation is a cab ride for a patient to treatment. A $25 donation is breakfast and lunch for a patient for five days. A $50 donation is co-pays for five treatments. It's, it's just, it's amazing. It, whatever, even if you just want to send me a little note saying, good luck and you're crazy. That's, that to me is awesome because you're thinking about the charity and that's the goal.
6: Right, right. Awesome. That's awesome to hear. That's good, good, good work you're doing. Good work. Yeah. Uh, Miles, what's going on in your world? Tell us a little bit about what's,
1: what's in the world of Miles. Well, I just uh, enjoyed um, the Warehouse 13 yesterday. It came back. Um, And fantastic episode Um, And still enjoying Arrow And still enjoying Defiance Uh, Recently read a Star Trek Next Generation novel It was a a shorter novel It was called called The Stuff of Dreams by James Swallow So I just finished reading that I'm waiting for something new to come out to read So yeah Yeah, Very good, very Um, good Watched uh, the movie Underworld uh, Awakening And um, very, uh, Very forgettable
6: yeah, yeah. I watched it, but I don't remember much about it. So There were
1: werewolves and vampires in it and all that stuff, mm-hmm, right? Just, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's two hours. I won't get back. Yeah,
6: well, I didn't think it was that bad. It was a good <laughs> treadmill movie. Good mm-hmm. treadmill movie in my mind. but mm-hmm. Yeah. Well me, I was watching Big Bang Theory. No, I wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not watching Big Bang Theory. We're trying. We're trying, yeah. Um no, you know, uh this week uh, I'm obviously still watching Arrow, uh still watching um not Defiance, not well, watching Defiance, but I need to watch Defiance. Um Warehouse thirteen, obviously I'm watching mm-hmm. Um, I began watching, began, and I did not. I'm about 10 minutes in Atlas Shrugged, which has that, which is, you know, the whole, um, you know, who is John Galt type thing going on. Um, it's the, uh, who's the author? Help me. Ann Rand. Ann Rand, thank you. Rand, the author, I have um, with these classic books, and they made the, it's like a part one. I don't think they're ever going to make a part two, because I don't think part one did that well, mm-hmm. but I kind of wanted to see it, only because of the uh, tie ins with the novel and. I was just curious. I think more than, any, more than anything, um, I did finally finish Game of Thrones book five. Mm-hmm. They all die. It's terrible. No, I'm just kidding, I <laughs> but it was. Uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, you know George George Martin. Uh, he he has a habit of. Just helping you fall in love with characters and then killing them right out from under you,
3: George
0: R. Yeah,
6: arr. Yeah, George R. Martin. He's a pirate, really, in, in his other life. So, <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was a, it was a good novel. But I'm now onto Terry Brooks, uh, the Bloodfire Quest, his newest book in the Shannara series, mm-hmm. the Shannara series, and so I'm totally uh, geeking out to that and loving it. So
1: cool. So, um, oh, I should mention uh, Leviathan Chronicles. Yep, you're still watching, you're listening to them. Yep, yep. The latest one just came out uh, the other day, so yeah. Yeah, yeah um,
6: and uh, I listened to it. I'm mm-hmm. done with it. I'm, I'm, I'm like, because I went out and bought, of course, the first half of the season. I loved it. It was mm-hmm. great. Cool. So, totally cool. Well, let's, let's get into tonight uh, to talk about what is on the menu. Why don't you go ahead and give us the menu, Miles?
3: And here's tonight's menu.
1: Well, we're going to announce the winner for the, the trivia this this week. We, we should just mention that
6: all the bumpers you're going to hear like before these segments, M did. Right. right?
1: We have to give credit to that. Yeah, yeah.
6: Give thanks to M for mm-hmm. that.
3: You started using those? Oh, yeah. Aww. See,
6: you haven't been listening to the show. We
1: started using them.
3: I've been a little busy.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so we have a lot of TV news. Um, so are they going to be new seasons of Grim Revolution? NBC has decided. Uh, we have a little information about Ron Moore's new sci-fi series, uh, Outlander, uh, Dark Archer Knows, Arrow's Identity, and uh, we have some new uh, Cool and Weird Falling Skies uh, uh, trailers. Uh, so we'll, we'll play those for you. In, in movie news, we have trailers for Thor 2, Monster University, and RIPD. And in uh, uh, our uh, special interest we will have a petition for Geek Day, which I, th- I think Em will uh, tell us more about. And, and uh, this week's in a twist. Uh, there's a new Trek information website uh, that Roddenberry and uh, Wikia had created. And our interview, we have our, this, this time we'll be airing our interview that we did with uh, uh, John Billingsley and Benita Friderisi at uh, our Farpoint this year. Awesome. And in our, our Sci-Fi 5 of 5, since Warehouse 13 is back, I found some great uh, um, Warehouse 13 quotes. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a good menu. I hope so. I think
6: I'm going to be Mm. stuffed tonight. Yeah, I
3: I am hungry, so let's get cooking. Let's get cooking. So, you call yourself a geek and a nerd? Prove it. Prove your geek cred by answering challenging trivia and entering for a chance to win some awesome prizes.
6: My understanding is we have a uh, winner for the trivia we've been running over the month of April.
1: We do, and we asked... uh... Last time, so Peter Weller is in the new Star Trek Into Darkness movie. However, what other Star Trek project did he guest star in? Ooh, mm-hmm. and um, and with the, if they answered this
6: uh, question correctly, what prize did they get?
1: They got. They're going to be getting a, um, a one hundred page. Uh, Star Trek Spectacular comic book. And I believe
6: the signed Lee Ehrenberg print.
1: Right? And a signed Lee Ehrenberg print, oh, too. yeah, absolutely. Yes, fr- so. from um, his uh, show Once Upon a Time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, and the answer for this was? This was Star Trek Enterprise Season 4 Episode uh, Terra Prime and Demons, and any fans of, of uh, Star Trek Enterprise would, would have felt this should have been the series finale episode, not... Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the voyages. Yeah, and uh, our winner. Our winner is uh, uh, Mark. Um, I hope I pronounced your last name right. Uh, Probably not. But, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. Give it uh, the old try. Uh, it sounds uh, here 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 Nemus. So. Um, Marco, we'll, we'll get the, get us your information. And we'll get that prize out to you. Yeah. I'll email you to find out your address and all that. Um, and he actually gave a pretty detailed answer. He said Peter
6: Weller was also in Star Trek Enterprise episodes Terra Prime and Demons. He played John Frederick Paxton. He knows his Enterprise. Yeah, uh, he does. Or different. he looked it up in IMDb, which is yeah. always <laughs> good. We tell we tell people they can do that. Oh, you know, sure. Not another one does. Mm-hmm. Well, a new trivia coming up, I guess uh, next next, next time show. We're back. Yeah, yep, next mm-hmm. show, and uh, we got some uh, good prizes coming up for that. Oh, heck yeah. So, well, let's move into our first promo tonight. In our first promo, we're going to play a promo from John Miro. Rhymes with hero, remember? remember. Uh, John Miro is going to be a Balticon, which I will not be, but M, my understanding is you are going to be a Balticon, right?
3: Yes, indeedily doodly.
6: Yeah. So John Miro is one that is, a, is an author, podcasting author, that's going to be at Balticon. And he has a, uh, he did a Kickstarter uh, campaign to put out Enemy Lines, his podcast Enemy Lines mm-hmm. in the book form. And he mm-hmm. did that and was successful. And now they're doing one for uh, a, a podcast novel called Walk the Fire. And um, actually, it's for a new volume. It's like an anthology that brings in all sorts of people. So let me just read the press release, and then I'll play the promo, and then we'll move on. But this, this is a press release for the, uh, the Kickstarter project that he's going um, to be releasing. He says, John Miro is pleased to announce Kickstarter campaign to fund the new anthology in the shared world series Walk the Fire. The new collection featuring Hugo-nominated, Kindle bestsellers, and emerging authors is to be published October 2013. The Flames. Any who step through may stride across the world and beyond. A precious, precious few, the ferryman, can guide you true through any flame and emerge from a crossing as young and strong as when first the flame kissed them. Fleets travel space for lifetimes, reach new worlds, challenge the black between
5: galaxies, all thanks to the ferryman. But is there a price hidden in the ferryman's
6: fire?
1: I'm John Merrill, creator and editor of the Walk the Fire anthology series. I'm kickstarting volume two. A very small number of us can walk through these special flames and arrive anywhere just by willing it so. What would happen to your humanity if you became functionally immortal? What would happen to humanity when it
2: spread far and wide throughout this galaxy and others? Help me kickstart this campaign and find out.
6: Learn more at servingworlds.com. Walk the fire. The universe awaits.
2: May the ferryman take you.
4: For your first
3: course, the latest in the universe of science fiction multimedia.
6: All right, and we are back. Miles, my understanding is we have some news, and this is big news, especially if you are fans of Grimm mm-hmm. and Revolutions.
1: All right, so we have some news about uh, Revolution and Grimm. NBC has announced renewal for two of its genre shows uh, Revolution and Grimm. The former is coming off a, a successful first season, while the latter is wrapping up its second. Multiple sources are reporting that both shows have been picked up for for full 22 episodes, seasons. Revolution it's a collaboration of J.J. Uh, Abrams, who, who known for Lost, Fringe, and the new Star Trek. It also executive co-executive produced by actor director John Favreau, uh, best known for his, his work in Iron Man. The series centers on uh, survivors living in a world without electricity. It stars Billy Burke, um, seen in The Twilight Saga, Elizabeth Mitchell from Lost, and Tracy Spiridakos from uh, Sci Fi's Being Human. Uh, Grimm was created by Stephen Carpenter, uh, David Greenwald, and uh, Jim uh, Kauf. It's based on the classic Grimm Brothers fairy tales and stars uh, uh, David uh, Gentoli from Privileged as the title character. The fantasy drama is Friday's uh, number one series in adults in 1849. Um, So we're not surprised for the pickup, but we are surprised. Not for Grimm, but for Revolution.
6: Yeah, we're a little bit surprised for uh, Revolution. Uh, You know, I'm going to be honest... um, Grim is almost a no-brainer. That show—I mean, I watched the first season of it. Still waiting for the second season to come out in DVD because I'm not going to pay for to watch it. But um, I'm surprised because our listeners seem to have kind of deadpan this show, Revolution, and people have kind of given up. And even our discussion was kind of like you're watching it, but it's kind of not really there for you.
1: Exactly. I mean, I think it, when it first came out, there was a lot of interest in it. Um, but it just it, it couldn't sustain it, and so. But you're ch- checking the ratings, and it's getting what about? What did you say? Five billion?
6: Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about. Em, are you watching the show?
3: I'll be honest. I'm so, I didn't even know it was still on because <laughs> I watched. I barely got through the pilot, and I was just snore. I just didn't care. There wasn't anything, and I usually give a um a new TV series three episodes. To, 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 I just, I didn't, I had, uh, you know, there was, there was a stink bug in the house. I needed to get it. It was much more important than watching this episode,
5: <laughs> right, right, watching right.
3: the pilot. I I just, I couldn't get into it. And then when I saw, I did see an advert for it around Christmas and I thought, well, really? And when you guys mentioned it, I, I think my response again was, really?
6: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, our, right. our response for it being picked up was kind of, really? Because, you know, people have been kind of, uh, you know... I was excited because this had this kind of you know this post-apocalyptic feel, um, and I was kind of excited. And uh, you know there were some good actors in it. Giancarlo's in it mm-hmm. from Breaking Bad, and there are some other people in it that you're kind of excited about. And. You know, it just, uh, after the third episode, I kind of gave up on it, even mm-hmm. though I have the, I could watch the entire series, going I have it all, but, and I just haven't, just haven't uh, done it. And I was surprised, too, because I'm looking at the ratings for April 29th, so Monday night, right, last night, what were the ratings for the shows? And hands down, unless you go to, like, CW, where the ratings are, like, piddly, like they have a, they have something called o sit and then nine o two one o and they have like point five five million viewers um it is the lowest of the main network shows i mean bringing in five and a half million viewers mm-hmm. um and that's not a lot i mean the rest of the shows like a b c it's it's up against castle which is bringing in like ten and a half million oh, uh, so castle um, is
3: brilliant
6: Hawaii five o is still bringing in almost eight million viewers mm-hmm. um and um uh, and then uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing much as far as genre goes beyond it. I mean, all the other shows have higher ratings than that. My only guess is that NBC mustn't have anything else to fill that time slot at this point. <laughs>
1: maybe. Maybe that's it. That that That's certainly
6: possible. But maybe I, and maybe I'm not giving – I did hear that the show has gotten a little bit better. Mm-hmm in the second half of the season. What's your assessment of that mile since you yeah, and, and I are kind of out to lunch in this?
1: Yeah. The, I think the second part's gotten more interesting. The plot has thickened. Um, and I mean, be, it just, it seemed to drag the first season. And I think, but, but now there, there, there's a lot more happening now. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm still watching it. it some of it still interests me. I mean, and I, I like John Carlos Esposito's character. Um, I want to, you know, Things have gotten kind of interesting with him. He he has fallen out of favor with uh, uh, Monroe. Um, I haven't seen last this last Monday's episode yet, but I saw the last one where they went to a different territory in America. They went to the Georgia Federation. So they're exploring life someplace else. And so that was kind of interesting. So it, it's not a bad show. It's just I think it, it failed to live up to a lot of expectations and – It probably moved too slow to keep people's in, you know, at least our our listeners' interests. I mean, a lot of our listeners have given up on that show.
6: Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear uh, listeners, be interesting to hear your thoughts on what you think of Revolution's Renewal. And A, does it deserve a second season, in your opinion? And B, is the show getting better? And is it something that maybe uh, I need to give a second chance? You know, Mm -hmm. you know it kind of um, as far as the feel goes, uh, it kind of has a defiance feel. My understanding, just being the post-apocalyptic type of feel to it. They're very different shows. I understand that. Oh yeah, but kind of that same idea that the world's gone to hell in a handbasket, and here we are.
1: uh, Defiance is cooler. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Did Um,
3: Tom Hanks have some sort of like animated world? thing that was on Yahoo TV that was kind of the same concept where there's no electricity left and there's am it am I did i dream it
1: I I never heard of it um but yeah. you, you could be
6: right though I mean, you, you, you might be right I I uh I did not hear about it but it was at, it, but your understanding from what you remember is kind of the same idea behind it
3: Same idea it was animated and it was um I remember reading up on it and thinking this is really good. This is a must see, and I didn't see it, so I guess it really wasn't that much of a must see. But I'm sure the listeners will correct me and give me the updated info because I just can't remember.
6: So, was he the producer of it? I mean, what?
3: I think he was actually in it. Okay. To the internet, um, yeah, we'll, f- we'll
6: find it somewhere.
3: Okay. Right. Well, if, 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 you, if you do locate, my it, little-
6: yeah, if you locate it, let me know.
3: Well, frack yeah, Ron Moore's sci-fi series, Outlander, finally moves forward. Um, After being on the radar for a few reasons, it looks like we'll have more than enough Ronald D. Moore on the small screen soon enough. The latest, the epic fantasy series, Outlander, based on Diana, I'm going to ruin this, uh, Galba Galbadon's That's good. Based on Diana G's best-selling book series, the TV project would be produced by Moore, a la Battlestar Galactica, uh, for the cable network. stars. Uh, The show has been slogging through development for a little while now, but the network has finally decided to pull together a writing staff, meaning they feel pretty good about the direction Moore has in mind. If that's the case... The straight-to-series order could be coming soon. Yay! Deadline is reporting that Moore has recruited some of his old pals for the series, including Tony Graffia from Battlestar Galactica and Matt Roberts from Caprica. He's also tapped Ira Bear from Alphas and the 4400 and Anne Keeney of L.A. Law and switched at birth to round out the writers' room. The book series is a genre-spanning fantasy epic, blending everything from action to period drama to romance. The book... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The books follow World War II combat nurse Claire, who is accidentally sent back in time to the year 1743. Considering HBO's success with George R.R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones, it makes sense for that stars would want to try out an established fantasy series. Of course, Moore is also prepping the new sci-fi series, Helix, so he should be busy for the next year or so. Thank goodness, because he's definitely been missed. Does Outlander sound like a project you'd want to check out?
6: I don't Boys. know. What do, you th- what do you think, Em? Would you check this out?
3: Oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! I I I don't think I've watched anything of Ronald D. Moore's that I didn't like, except for the last couple of episodes of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> um, I I'm always in the mood for something just really rich and delicious as far as sci-fi goes, not just this kind of visceral, let's throw aliens and guns and some time travel. And he can do that. He will pull, he will go deeper into the viscera and get you by the gut and really pull the story out and make it interesting and unique. So, and he's got quite a crew there, which are also on excellent shows, I'm a little sad about Caprica because it, it it looked like it was going somewhere, but it just didn't get a chance to finish. Yeah. So let's see what Matt Roberts has has for us now. Um, but I'm on board. Sign me up.
4: Yeah.
6: You know, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, this sort of I've heard of Outlanders. It's the book series. Never read any of them, um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see him kind of delve into a little bit of fantasy here. And to kind of uh see how that plays out. We talked about Helix on the show. I'm kind of excited about Helix mm-hmm. coming out. Um, what is a, what does it mean, the fact that he that this is being picked up by stars? What does this mean for Ron Moore?
1: Well, for him, I mean as far as the content, he could pretty much do whatever he wants. I mean um, mm-hmm. so yeah. um, he
3: He'll have more free reign than at than um at HBO with that other show he did, um what was it called? The fantasy, sh- the the one about the circus.
1: Oh, Carnival!
3: Carnival, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, and probably you know that this will be like rated R TV. I mean, he, oh, he, I'm he, sure. You know, he can. I'm sure. Uh, so. uh,
6: I think Battlestar, given the right venue, would have been more rated R if it would have been uh, different, different, different. Uh, Venue for it would have certainly right. been picked up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because um, did you watch? Uh, um, did you watch? Was it virtuality? Was that the? Uh, was it was a virtue virtuosity. I
1: think, it, I think yeah, right. The first time virtual. the virtuality,
6: mm-hmm. uh, the the one where the spaceship takes off and they were doing like live cams back to Earth and all that, and it was very short lived. Like, it didn't that, even get picked up.
3: Yeah that that was another one where I barely got through the first episode. I, I so. <laughs> I'm willing to give it another try. If it's on the Netflix or the Hulu, I might give it a whirl. Oh no, I'll no, I'm not
6: saying you do. I'm just saying that was one of Ron Moore's that just wasn't real. Didn't
3: oh, is much. that him?
6: Yeah, I, that was him, right? Yeah, he did produce that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, it
3: was, oh, I'm gonna put a pin in that. then. Yeah, it, I gotta it, find it, that to watch. It was it was again. his first. It was
6: his first one after Battlestar, right? I think it was sorry, Probably, Battlestar yeah. going off. Then he this came out, and then it was Caprica, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Right. Yeah. Well. uh yeah, so this is something that you uh, would you check out Outlander? Yeah,
1: I, I, yes, I would, uh, but it's, if it's going to be on HBO, I'll have to wait stars. till or stars. Yeah, uh, yeah, our stars. Stars. Yeah, right. I'll have to wait till the DVDs become available on Netflix or something. Yeah. yeah.
6: All right. Well, let's move in to talk about Arrow. We're. Um, are you watching Arrow? Um, you were making fun of me earlier on. Are you watching it?
3: <laughs> no. Okay. You really? And out yeah. of respect for our listeners, I'm not going to be a meanie about
6: it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. But, I'm a um, brat.
3: I'm sorry. I just we, can't, I can't are, get Our it.
6: listeners are, have already comment on how much they enjoy sometimes watching Arrow work, him, work his way up with the, the barbells up that ladder he does. Yes. So,
3: oh, uh, yeah. That part I've seen. That one's
6: fine. Yeah, yeah. You probably played it like 15 times, Em.
3: Not even. Like 10.
6: Like Only 10. Okay. No, only 10. Only 10. But um, – Arrow, of course, we have three episodes left. Tomorrow night will be, I guess, the next episode, and then there will be two more after this. And mm-hmm. so this will be out probably around that uh, next week, so you'll probably get this a little bit delayed. But anyways, as it wraps up, this is kind of what you have to look forward to. And uh, we do not normally do spoilers or too many spoilers in the main show here, but there's going to be some spoilers here. So we're just going to tell you that up front. So if you want to skip ahead a little bit, skip ahead. Um, So TV Guide has published the first picks from uh, May 15th season finale showing Arrow uh, chained up as Malcolm, John Barrowman, a.k.a. Mr. Torchwood, a.k.a. the Dark Archer, looks on. That's right, they're both unmasked, meaning that Malcolm will learn Oliver's secret identity and apparently get the upper hand on him. Um, and Mel didn't want to give too much away, but did say that all the subterfuge comes to an end as the two ass kicking archers finally have a chat face to face. I start to see the finale chained up and left for dead. I'm chained up by Mr. Barrowman in the photos. He's not wearing a mask, and neither am I, so everything is out in the open between us. We're definitely curious to find out what Arrow has to say once he finds out his arch-nemesis has been right under his nose all along this season. The writers have made it a point not to hold any storylines back back this season, and it's made for one of the most engaging and action-packed shows this year. Since we've been building up to this face-off for months, It should be a doozy. Miles, what are you thinking of this?
1: I've enjoyed Arrow since it's been on. Um, So it's interesting they're sort of bringing this rivalry to some sort of conclusion. Um, Or are they? I mean, it would seem that way since you have these two guys facing each other. So um, I'm just going to trust that it'll, uh, it'll still work out as far as maybe just having this rivalry I mean, it, it, by fa- on face value, it looks like somehow this is going to be a come to a conclusion. But I thought that would have maybe make this last a little longer.
6: You know what's going to happen at the end, Miles? He's got to save the cheerleader, he, right? <laughs> so the cheerleader can save the world, <laughs> right? 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 Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. No, I'm really glad. Actually, this this season, when, when when Arrow was first mentioned and we began to talk about it, um, I'm very glad it did not go the Smallville way of things, where, mm-hmm. it's, where it's very Little teenish cartoonish. yeah, a little cartoonish a little teenish uh, I'm glad they didn't do the hero thing where they kind of lose their way halfway through the storylines and and the complexity of the show has continued to build and just kind of draw us in episode after episode very few weak episodes and one of the things that has made that happen is going back to the island and developing his backstory
1: right his his backstory on the island is a very interesting scene where he started out as just this rich, snot-nosed kid to this uh, badass that he is now.
6: Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where they take that in the next three episodes. Three episodes. That's all we have left.
1: I know. So. that We've got to wait a while for it to come back. Yeah, yeah. Well,
6: uh, one of the other things that we're waiting to come back is going to be uh, Falling Skies. Do you
1: want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So we have some new cool and weird Falling Skies TV spots. May make your eyes or ears bug out. Get it? Ears bug out? Remember the bug okay. crawling out of uh, Owls here? Har har, 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 har. har. <laughs> well, these new and kind of edgy Falling Skies TV spots will remind you. They're cool, creepy, odd, excellent, weird, or frustrating, depending on your perspective. Nothing new, really, except uh, the style, but the style is certainly noteworthy. They are presented to you with the weirdest one first, the second is a shorter version of the third. So we'll play those for you.
6: I'm just going to play the last one, I think. Okay. The the longer one. Mm -hmm. So let me go ahead and play this. I cannot handle bugs in the air. yeah when things crawl in people 's ears, like when they did that in Star Trek, like Rathacon, I had to look away mm-hmm. that yeah. just freaks me out when people start uh. put, yeah, when people start putting things in orifices i 'm just like uh mm, i'm out i 'm out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm out. And so I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Although I wonder how much you can say take cover again and again and again and again and again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I'm glad Falling Skies is coming back. June. I June. Yeah. I think it's a bit earlier. Normally it's like July or
1: August it comes back. So uh, It was either June or July. So yeah, I'll be glad to see it come back.
6: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, em, are you? do you watch Falling Skies?
3: I, I was a latecomer to Falling Skies. I admit the first season came on. Like like gangbusters. And before I knew it, it was done. So I'm just starting to get into it. I'm, I'm ju- I've just touched the second season. Um, but when I heard the third season was coming up, I've kind of moved it up on my importance list so that I can watch the new season actively. Yeah.
6: Well, it seems to be more of a collusion in this coming season between the aliens and the humans, or mm-hmm. the rebel aliens, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and so they're upping the notch. A little bit more warfare- from the trailer. I mean, as much as a trailer showing us and how accurate that is. Um, but I'm glad they, where were they heading to like Carolina or, uh, what, what, what city were
1: they heading to last season? I'm trying, I think they, they, they did make it to, well, uh, they made
6: it there, yeah. but I'm glad that storyline. They left, done.
1: they left there because it, it just wasn't working out. Cause Terry Quinn was just a jerk. Right. Whatever his character was, mm-hmm. his character. But so, um, yeah, so they left. I, trying to remember I don't recall where they're 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 heading back to though. Yeah. But they're out of that city anyways. Mm-hmm.
6: But uh something that I'm certainly uh, I'm looking forward to so I can't wait for that to come back on. I will be watching that. I will be watching oh, that. Yeah. That's definitely that's definitely uh some goodness there. Mm-hmm. Um, well let's move in to uh what else? Oh, I think we're back we're we're now into that story for the uh The Geek Day. Do you want to talk about Geek Day a little bit? It's down the the line, or you have the story somewhere. So,
3: So guys, do you know what's important about the date May 25th?
6: Nope. What's going on? You can tell us.
3: Well, May 25th of 2004 could possibly be National Geek Pride Day. Woo-hoo! I know, right? (laughs) Um, So, here in D.C., I'm from the D.C. area, and here in D.C., there's a sci-fi fans meetup group run by this really sweet guy named robert burns so he has put in a petition to the white house to proclaim may 25th 2014 as national geek pride day now on the white house website he has listed here um his rationale which frankly i totally agree with
6: yeah very true
3: So it reads, The terms geek and nerd were once used to tease, ostracize, even bully those whose passions and interests were not understood. But instead of lashing out, geeks and nerds developed a counterculture of intelligence, imagination, mutual respect, and fun. Today... When we think of geeks, we think of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. We think of cell phones and personal computers and the internet. Comic book characters are coming to life in movie houses. Epic fantasy novels are being turned into into successful television shows. And the works of science fiction are challenging us to explore Philosophical ideas, such as identity, desire, morality, and social structure. It's time we recognize these values, accomplishments, and societal contributions of these extraordinary Americans.
6: Here, here, Cool. Hooray. Yes.
3: Woo, yay. So, so the link is like a bazillion characters long, but I'll I'm post, sure I'll that Scott Miles. I'll post it in will, the show notes. Yay. We'll post it. And everyone needs to go and sign up. We need, let's see, signatures needed by May 25th, 2013. We need 100,000. Oh, okay. So far, we have 94.
1: <laughs> well, we got a lot of work to do. Yeah.
3: I know that there are enough geeks. There's like a bazillion people when I play um, Guild Wars 2. Hello. I'm telling you, get out, vote, and sign this petition.
6: Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's definitely there. you know. And why May 25th?
3: If I understand it correctly, that would be the day that Star Wars was first shown.
1: Yeah. Very Makes good. Makes sense. Very good.
3: Yay. Of course, the world's greatest sci-fi movie ever.
1: Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm
3: always waiting for a little backlash yeah, from that, I but all waiting right. For
6: my, oh, I, I don't disagree. Miles might. But.
1: I'm not going to be Miles. hating on Star
6: Wars. No, no, no. Uh,
3: Philistine. <laughs>
6: <yeah>. Come on. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Geek Pride Day. We need, we need a Geek Pride Day. We can run around and bite the heads off of chickens. Wait, that's not the term geek. She's no. talking about. That's another word for geek.
3: That's no, it means we all get fifteen percent off at Radio Shack. Hooray!
2: Yay!
6: Awesome. Get your pocket protector now. All right. Oh, uh, in other, in other special. Not really nice. <laughs> no, it does. <not. laughs> uh, in uh, others, in other special interest news, you had some news of some things yes. that we should be watching on Netflix.
1: Yes. Uh, Thank God for Netflix streaming. It's um, helped me uh, watch some shows I didn't get a chance to see when it first came out and not have to shell out the money for the DVDs. And so uh, Blaster has this great article about four great te- great sci-fi TV series you could be watching on Netflix now. Um, old Technology. It wasn't that long ago when we, that we gorged ourselves on TV seasons piled together on DVD, but now Netflix has made the old practice obsolete. Entire eight and nine seasons run of our favorite uh, sci-fi shows are all available at our fingertips, but now, where to start? With content contracts always shifting, the offerings on Netflix are always on flux. There's some awesome stuff on there for subscribers, sure, but there does does, uh, a self-respecting fan need to start. We took the time, combed through the, the sci-fi TV catalog, and shared picked 14 uh, great sci-fi TV classics, new and old, well worth and and, and couch potato binge viewing.
6: Right. So here are the here are the list that they came up with. Mm-hmm. Number one in their list was Angel. Mm-hmm. Or at least it's one
1: of them. Right. And uh, number two was. Uh, I think that's Jericho. Yeah,
6: Jericho. Yep. Jericho. Yeah, Jericho. Jericho was excellent. It Was, and number uh, number three was Earth Two. Mm-hmm. Cute. Yeah, it was good. Number four is Stargate Universe. No, oh, that's a must. So, did you like Stargate
3: Universe? Em? It was. It's on my to do list. Oh, on
6: to do list. Okay. okay. Um, X Files came in at <laughs> X- number file. Uh, yeah, absolutely. X Files. Oh, I just man. I just showed an X Files episode in my classroom today. M.
3: You're the best teacher ever.
6: I know, know. it's absolutely <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so it played in, played into my lesson. Played into my lesson. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Number six. I'm, I'm not familiar with this show. Better off Ted. This yeah,
3: was I cute. I yeah. don't know if I would call it sci-fi, but it's yeah. definitely cute. It's it's good for a laugh.
6: Well, they say here's what they say. Um, from cryogenics to insane sci-fi weapons, they were all filtered through the level Group of Goofs.
3: So they they basically run a PR firm right. for. Stuff that really shouldn't be like, oh, look, we've repackaged Agent Orange as right. uh, a way to get rid of your wrinkles.
6: Right, that sort of thing. Um, Dollhouse came in at number seven.
1: We love Dollhouse. We did like Dollhouse, although It kind of had some.
3: Issues. It had its we, moments. Yeah, yeah.
1: It has moments. Uh, ne- n- next is Battlestar Galactica. And that'd be number <laughs> one. That'd be number one on my list. I think. If I. Ever
3: Amen, curious. brother.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and. um, Number yeah. nine is Awake. Um, not familiar with this show. So good. Is it good?
3: So creepy good. It's slow, but it's, it really had me thinking. For, there was by halfway through this the, the series. Do you know the story behind it?
6: Uh, I briefly remember. Go ahead. Refresh our listeners.
3: So I mean. <laughs> there is a cop who has been in a car crash and he flips between realities every time he falls asleep. So in one reality in the car crash, his wife died in the other reality, his son died. So depending on what reality he's feeling or, or in, you know, you could see that kind of playing back and forth. And what's really strange is they're they're separate, but they're the same. So there could be some crime going on in, you know, dead wife reality that in dead son reality is a little bit related. And he bounces back and forth, and it's kind of it's worth the watch. I, I think it's worth the watch. It okay. was it was cut too soon because it was it because it was a little slow. But I'm a fan.
1: That yeah. that, that does sound interesting. Yeah. Number 10 came in with Doctor Who, classic. Doctor Who. Yeah. (laughs) I love Doctor Who. Um, Hemlock Grove. um, I've I've heard a little bit about this show. It's a Netflix original. Right.
3: It's new. Yeah,
1: it's new. Uh,
6: Twin Peaks comes in at number 12.
3: That's a weird show.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched it.
3: So weird. You really got to be in a weird mood. Like after you have dental work and you're still a little loopy, watch an episode. (laughs) Oh, there you go.
1: There you go. Uh, next one is Survivors. Uh, I'm not familiar with this show. I heard of it. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it. Uh
6: and the last one is Star Trek the original series.
1: Uh and the great thing is they have all the Star Trek shows on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. And some some of the movies. Um so but I I, I love Netflix um th- because of Netflix I got to watch Stargate SG1 and Stargate uh, Atlantis um in a very short period of time. Yeah.
6: Very good, well uh, let's uh move into some movie news tonight, and my understanding is we have a couple trailers we're going to play here. Is that right?
1: That is correct We have a th- first one we have is a thor trailer a
6: thor trailer um did you see this thor, thor trailer the yes. the second one I guess well I guess there's only one right.
3: It For the
1: Thor second two. movie, it's the yeah. first trailer. Yes, it.
6: it's the only one out so It says Thor 2 trailer, and I was getting confused with my numbers. I'm an English teacher, damn it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Math is hard. <laughs>
6: it is. I, numbers, they confuse me. <laughs> so let me go ahead and pull this up, and we'll, uh, and we'll take a listen to it, and then we'll talk about what we saw and what we're expecting, what we're looking forward to.
1: Some believe that before the universe, there was nothing,
0: they're wrong, there was darkness and it has survived.
6: all right that's kind of awesome yeah i, I just a little bit mm-hmm. so and they bring uh, loki back in L- loki's coming back i know mm-hmm. which we kind of expected right oh sure and what do you think of this trailer epic
3: epic
6: i'm just epic. Glad, i'm just glad they have padme in it again and it was just great to see him back and to see uh, george kirk back in the movie um uh, it's great
3: you did not just say Padme. I, I did. Oh. <laughs> okay. Scott,
6: you just don't get it. Oh, I know. But no, oh, th-
3: sweet Jiminy Christmas. Please. No,
6: but this was, it was, it's pretty rocking.
1: Oh, heck yeah. This is going to be, you know, it's going to be good.
3: Yeah. I had my doubts because the first movie, I like an origin story, so I liked the first one. And I thought I really was trying to rack my brain. Where could they go? Where really could they go? Loki's really the interesting one. Chris Helmsworth's the one that shouldn't wear the shirt. Right? <laughs> so and, and then in Avengers, he still seemed a little all right, he's a little two-dimensional. this this trailer has sold me. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to the midnight showing. I'm gonna go to the double feature. I'm in.
6: Yeah, we well, you know, and this is um, this is what the second movie that we're getting this year. Iron Man comes out this weekend, right? Uh, and this will be the second movie in the in the story in those story arcs that are really. This being,
3: is phase two. Yeah, phase of two the, really of, is. The, of, of this. Comic book arc.
6: Yeah. So uh, you knew after Avengers that they had to bring when they took Loki back that he was going to have to play in in some way to the second movie. And it looks like they're having them having Thor and Loki kind of collaborate, which is going to always end terribly. You know that. But uh, it's kind of cool that they have that in, or at least are suggesting that.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, Loki is an enjoyable character to watch. And... Mm -hmm. these guys have great chemistry together, so you have to bring Loki back even some way. It looks like Thor has to use Loki Loki to help him out, so yeah, no, it should be good. Yeah.
6: Well, uh, let's skip over Monsters, Inc. for time, but we have a new Monsters, Inc. trailer. I'll embed it in the show notes so we can, you can watch it if you want to.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but talk about this uh, movie, R.I.P.D. Right. So I, I saw this on... Um sci-fi mafia today, and um, this was definitely under my radar. So, so the trailer for RIPD, or Rest in Peace Department, from Universal Pictures starring Ryan Reynolds uh, and Jeff Bridges, um, also Kevin, starring Kevin Bacon and Mary Louise Parker, is here for Rest in Peace Department, is the movie adaptation by the comic by Peter M. Lenkoff for Dark Horse Comics. Here's a synopsis: A recently slain cop joins a team of undead police officers working for the Rest in Peace Department and tries to find the man who murdered him. Uh, so it's it's kind of like Men in Black with with the undead instead of aliens. I'm okay with Jeff Bridges; he's awesome in this role. So um, we have a trailer, and we'll. What do you watch think it. of Ryan Reynolds? You know, he he gets a, a lot of slack for Green Lantern. Um, I don't know. Um, and what do
6: you think of Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> yeah, let's get your opinion, down.
3: Um, well, he's another one of the doesn't need a short brigade.
6: Right, right, right. <laughs>
3: uh, but he seems to make like he, he'll do something that's great, and then he'll do something that you're like, "Are you serious?" And it's it's really kind of hard to to take him seriously. I. Am one of the six people that enjoyed Green Lantern because it was just so fant. It was just it was like a someone took one, a, an animated series and made it to a movie. It wasn't like the comic book for me. It wasn't like anything serious. So I just don't take him seriously.
1: I can't see him doing a serious drama.
6: It's just, just it's just hard. It's hard to picture him in this role. And he may he he might he might deliver this. Very well, mm-hmm. but we just I mean, we've we just had too many hits and misses with him.
3: So he was in definitely maybe, which is kind of a tragic rom-com. Which is, and he was adorable with I think it was that Breslin girl. He was so it was cute, but he's he's visceral to me. He's just kind of fluff. I I want to see some grit out of him, and if is that is that what's gonna come out of this I, i'm not familiar with ripd but the first sentence you had me recently slain cop joins team of undead police officers done mm-hmm. sign right. me up i'll buy the ticket
6: <laughs> right yeah and you know it, it it looks good we'll play the trailer here in a second but you know jess bridges kind of sells me in it i love you know him and true grit awesome <sighs> awesome and true Grit. He, him in tron all awesome. oh, right Awesome. You know, uh, and so he's done some stuff recently that I really liked. And what's selling me is not Ryan Reynolds in here, but the fact that Jeff Bridges is in it.
1: You, you, right, me too. And, and the concept of this is, you know, you, you, you know, whatever you feel about Ryan Reynolds, I, I think. Uh, well, let's play
6: the trailer for it before we move into this week of Star Trek and see, uh, see what it has to say.
4: Joke. Hilarious.
2: <laughs> you have skills that we want. We'd like you to join the RIPD. The RIPD. Rest in Peace Department. I think you're smelling what I'm selling.
3: Your job is catching demos, the bad souls that escape
2: judgment. Meet your new partner.
5: Oh, you got to earn that. Come on. We are the greatest lawmen men that ever lived and died. Now, some souls hide out among the living. Damn, I don't know what else to shoot you between. <laughs> There's something else. You don't look like you, you don't sound like you anymore. So what do I look like? Really, an old Chinese guy? What about
1: you?
4: Well, I guess you win, Roy.
5: really. Stanley Nowicki. We're with the Department of Health. We suspect You might be dead. You can back there, Swan. My treat. No. I'm not I'm not going near that. Don't pinch off! Might notice we're pretty durable. Still hurts. I don't
3: seen that before. If the dead take over that's it for the living world
5: they picked the wrong venue to make a stand this world's for the living and r.i.p.d is gonna keep it that way Holy. that went well <laughs> assuming the world don't end fun right don't
4: tense
6: up. All right, I take it back. He's right for this role <laughs> because this really is this really is a, it's really a sci-fi comedy. I mean, this really is what this is. And mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges is really taking his character from True, true Grit and inserting it into this with a little bit of comedy. And uh, Ryan Reynolds is doing his typically uh, uh, dumb jock comedy type stuff in the middle of this, right?
1: Exactly yeah uh
6: it looks good, em did you see the trailer yet? If not you got to watch it
3: uh, I was listening and kind of watching along while I was hearing it play, and Jeff Bridges is divinely delicious
6: oh yes absolutely like, he's
3: a he's an eighteen ounce porterhouse steak delicious um,
1: <laughs> i'm
3: and I'm flipping through the pictures on i m d b and the gun that he has the guns that they have are. crazy. you're amazing and his costuming it looks immense the only problem i have is i can't stand trailers that are too long and tell me too much of the story and i feel like that trailer just gave me a little too much i'm still gonna see it but i i i the trailer could have been about half like a half a minute shorter and just leave us like what what are you talking about right you know Right, I think they sold too much of it, but I could be wrong. I could be completely different when we see it on the screen. Yeah.
6: Well, you know, I was expecting Marshmallow Man to come out, you know, in the middle of that.
1: It kind of has a Ghostbusters. It does a little uh, bit.
6: Some of the characters in it, when yeah. you're seeing them walk around with the, the undead. and Yeah. But, and I love the <laughs> idea that they're actually, the characters they're playing are actually like an old Chinese guy and a female mm-hmm. cop, and they're actually the opposite. Exactly. So, so it's kind of, it, it has the potential to be fun. When's this movie out? Uh, do they give a date for it? Oh yeah, July, July nineteenth. that might be in the middle of not a lot of other movies coming out. We can go s- maybe, maybe. We'll July nineteenth. Yeah, I might go see that. Might go see that. Mm-hmm.
3: Pour yourself a tall glass of Romulan ale. Miles is serving up the latest in Trek news on This Week in Star Trek.
1: Okay. No, no trailers for the new Star Trek movie. I'm just so
6: glad, Miles, that there's no more trailers for Star Trek now because mm-hmm. the movie's coming out in like days, it feels like. And, and not just a little soon enough. Yeah, are you I going to the Midnight Showing, uh, M?
3: Of course.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I tried to con Miles and negotiate. He's not. I'll, I'll, no, I'm going to see on Saturday. No, not, not to the Midnight Showing. He's going, but. Yeah. But.
1: Yeah, well, uh, why don't you uh, bring us into this week in Star Trek? So in this week in Star Trek, um, there's a new Star Trek uh, Wikia site launched today uh, by uh, Rod Roddenberry. Uh, I want to thank uh, um, Chris and Charity from Space Community K, uh for putting this article up. So working with Wikia, Rod Roddenberry has launched a new information portal for all things Star Trek called Trek Initiative. Now, there's a place where with contributors' help, you'll be able to find Everything related to Star Trek, all in one convenient place. The free site, which launched Thursday, lets fans contribute content as well as peruse an exclusive collection of scripts, call sheets, digital archives for both the original sixty series, including pictures of Gene Roddenberry on set and, and Star Trek The Next Generation. Fans have uh, access to uh, searchable databases for Trek info, details, and upcoming conventions um, and shows, although the Trek initiative has uh, no direct relation to either Paramount or CBS – which each own parts of Star Trek a franchise. The site will include licensed content, including archival video and uh, images from the new movie. We're excited to, to watch this new site grow so we can find out about everything Trek related that we've been missing out for all these years.
6: So what makes this different than any other gazillion sites that are out there that kind of do this already or any app I have from my iPhone or iPad that
1: already does this? Yeah, I think there, there is more of a fan uh, connection with this. Uh, So
6: more of a fan-generated content rather than content that's just delivered. Well, I'll
1: I'll, I'll give an example. Like I'm I'm on the page right now, and there's on the buttons you have fan clubs, fan films, uh, fan fiction, and other fan projects. So it's not not just about what the the already established Star Trek content that's out there, but content that. The fans uh, have, d- have developed as well at, beyond at, that, and, and writers and uh, and everything. So, um, so I mean, there are some good Star Trek information sites out there, but uh, I'm looking at it right now, and yeah, there's some cool cool stuff on here,
3: dude. This is like the Costco of Star Trek stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it, there's everything here. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, yeah. So you get lost in it for hours when you're bored at work or something. But
3: right. no, it's blocked at work.
6: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And rightly so, <laughs> rightly so am. But, yeah, um, yeah. So, well, this is interesting. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you want to get more track than what than what you're being given, more than one movie every three years, right? Uh, exactly. Right. Yeah, we do need track back in the small screen. We said it before, but oh yeah, definitely.
3: Well, have you guys ventured into the fan films that yes. have been put together and the shows there? I know you guys have talked about it before on on the, at here at the diner. Yes. But there's really some fun stuff up there which is a nice little there's one group that does an amazing job. They're they're pretty infamous and infamous. They're so famous they're infamous. Right. Which group um, are
1: you thinking
6: of?
3: Oh, I can't. I'm losing it. Target Farragut,
6: thank yeah. you. Yeah, and they're, they're they're kind of involved with a project called um, Star Trek. continues. Yeah, it started with Chris mm-hmm. Dewan and Vic Magnolia. I can't pronounce the last name, but mm-hmm. but uh, and then also Star Trek uh, Phoenix. They did theirs. We
1: we, we interviewed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were they were good. And mm-hmm. uh, we interviewed uh, Star Trek Se- Secret Project last year. Oh yes, mm-hmm. they released part one of their episode. I don't think they're going to continue. They just don't have the funds to, unfortunately. Right. Is Phoenix continuing? Uh, I'm not yeah, sure. I know. Phoenix, um, I, I think they're trying. I mean, I still see them put stuff on Facebook. I follow them on okay, Facebook. Okay, good,
6: yeah. good. Well, we, we can always hope. We can always hope. Right? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, Miles, in uh, here, not too far away from my house, there's a theater that on Friday and Saturday nights does this thing called um, Insomnia Theater, and they've been they've gone through and shown um, just really great old movies. We saw Sixteen Candles. We saw Monty Python, and this past Saturday. I haven't seen it on the big screen since I was a little girl. Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. It was awesome. amazing.
1: That would have been cool to see it on the big screen.
3: So great to see on the big. I, I mean, I saw it on the big screen as a kid mm-hmm. and just loved it. And to watch it again on the big giant screen with some great sound, uh, even for that time. You know, you watch. You go back in time and watch. And like the the original Battlestar Galactica, you see so many of the mistakes. And for the time, it was very technical and awesome. But this movie delivers like dominoes, ah, uh, epic. So I thought I would share that.
1: Um, I agree, hundred percent.
3: It was so fun.
1: Awesome.
6: Awesome. Well, thank you, Miles, for bringing us this week in Star Trek. You are welcome. Well, let's move into our final promo tonight. And we're going to be sharing a promo for a patio book, a new patio book from one of our listeners. And um, this is from Cruel. Crue- Cru- cerulean I'm just going to say this wrong Cerulean Lobster is, uh, is, is her name and she puts out the sci-fi series of these two aliens that crash land to earth and uh, start their own detective agency hmm. so kind of an interesting premise so let me play the promo here
4: what are you listening to it's like an audiobook. someone records their novel and puts it on the internet why do they all have the same voice that's stupid They probably can't afford to hire voice actors. Some are just one person recording in their closet. I think they're just cheap. That's because you only know cheap people, Trudy. I know you, don't I, Aurora? Not by my choice. So where did you find this jewel of the internet? This chick named Lola Laracy wrote and recorded it. I found it on lola.podhoster.com. It's on iTunes, too. What's it called? What's it about? It's called Trudy Lim, Spaceship Captain, Earth Detective. It's about a spaceship captain and her co-pilot who land on Earth and open a private detective business. Sounds lame. Alright, Trudy, whatever.
6: We are back we are about ready to share our interview not my interview your interview with with who at Farpoint 2012 uh, the, 13
1: we had the opportunity um uh, Dave Moulton and myself uh, uh, talked with uh, John Billingsley and uh, Benita Uh John Billingsley played uh, Doctor Fox on, on Enterprise, and uh, Benita Friederici played uh, the General on um, uh, Chuck. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And was
6: she on a Star Trek series? They have her dressed up as a Borg somewhere. She
1: yes, she guest starred in. in um, a, 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 yeah, I, I don't remember the name of the episode, but uh, Enterprise episode about the Borg, and she was playing this this, this human scientist and. She ends up getting simulated.
6: So this husband and wife team, you had a chance to sit down with David Moulton. David Moulton, of course, is from the Landcast, and we've had him on here before. Mm -hmm. Um, How'd that interview go? Uh,
1: It went well. Um, um, I'm trying to think. It was one of the first ones we did that morning. I could tell uh, John Billingsley was a little tired, and I just— thanked him i said you know you're being a good sport he said i don't worry about it you know so he would they they were both fun to talk to and if you're ever at a con where the both of them are there you you need to make it a point because they're so funny together i mean these two they need to be on broadway doing some kind of um comedy on broadway or something because they they just they just have it they're just great together Um, uh good chemistry excellent chemistry so um but uh John Billingsley. Also, if, you, if you're a fan of True Blood, he has a has, has a part in True Blood. Also, oh, very good. So, yeah. Do you um, Do you watch True Blood?
3: I do not. It kind of. I'm not a Twilight fan. I'm not a fan of making vampires seem all dreamy and awesome. And I'm also not a big person on. It's very soap opera y to me.
6: Yeah, that's that's that was my impression too. I didn't watch it, but that's my impression of it.
3: So don't make things sparkly that aren't. And things that don't have a heartbeat can't have sex. So, yeah, I'm not watching.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So Not that there's anything wrong with the show. It's just not my personal cup of tea. Other shows are available.
6: Right, right. But they're there. If you like that sort of thing, you can go ahead and watch it. But
3: doodly doodly.
6: All right. Well, here, let's bring you our interview with John Billingsley and Benita Frederici.
4: No need to whisper, he's in a state of deep hibernation. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Did you use the correct dosage?
6: Dosani! Ah! Dosani! Yato
5: Aruna! Flax? I don't care what it tastes like. Ah. <laughs>
3: Wake up, Doctor.
5: Subcommander, has it been 48 hours? No. Then why did you wake me?
4: There's a medical emergency. Emergency? Then call the doctor. You're the doctor.
3: Of course.
4: Who's sick? Ensign Mayweather. Who? Ensign Mayweather, our helmsman. I
5: know who he is.
0: Where is he? He's
4: in sickbay.
0: We're not in sickbay?
4: We're in your quarters.
5: Uh, Well then, to sickbay! I could use some assistance, please.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we're at Farpoint 2013 convention and we're hanging out with uh, John Billings uh, Whoa!
0: Yes. Off to a flying thud! John who?
1: <laughs> and well known for his work on Star Trek Enterprise and True Blood and his lovely wife uh, Benita Friderisi, well known for playing uh, General Beckham on NBC's Chuck uh, Mr. Billingsley and Miss, Ms. Friederici, welcome and thank you for taking time to talk with us on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast, especially this early Sunday morning. Oh. I cannot believe you pronounced my wife's name correctly.
2: I know. I'm thrilled. Thank totally, you so much. Totally no one ever gets it. my name,
0: but he got yours. <laughs> I know. I, did, right, I, so did I botch your name? I apologize. Just slightly. That's oh, my, what it I,
2: pays to be nice,
0: sweetheart. I think you said Billings Jerk or Billings...
5: No, 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 no. I heard that. I
1: heard did it. Did you hear that? Billings? I did.
5: Billy Schmuck or something. (laughs)
1: Can't can't believe that. What what kind of professionalism is that? I know. I I will try. Hopefully, my questions will be be more intelligent sounding. So, but I have a question for both of you. Yes. Um, Both of you have a um, very strong theater background. What made you both decide a career uh, as a full-time actor? Money.
2: Well, TV and film was. I needed to make money.
1: That's where
2: money was <laughs> Yes uh, Theater background is, is wonderful And it's, it's very People are very responsive to, And it's, it's very satisfying that way But it doesn't pay very well yeah. And when you start to get older At a certain point And you have no furniture You kind of go hmm, I wonder what I want to do next
0: mm-hmm. so. yeah, People who make a living In a the theater are usually musical Right uh, You know stars Acting uh, Acting is great But singing and dancing Pays the bills
2: And although we are Wildly talented wildly At singing talented, and uh, not at singing or dancing no, no, Particularly
0: no. dancing So we won't see you uh, On Broadway anytime soon You will not see us On Broadway Off Broadway Regional theater I'm we- not
2: allowed to sing Outside the shower Or perhaps inside the shower I think these days
1: I'm sure it's Broadway's <laughs> loss But Oh
0: uh, well aren't you sweet yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> You're trying to make up For that Absol- initial faux pas aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely Well <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> um, but do you enjoy working in any particular medium um, over another? or do you do- Each of them have
0: their strengths and weaknesses, and yeah. both of us, we try and do a play every now and again. It can be dr- difficult in, in Los Angeles, in part because the nature of that city is such that you feel like you are, when you're doing a play, throwing a very, very small pebble into a very, very large ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, above and beyond the fact it doesn't pay I think perhaps one of the reasons we don't do as much theater is because theater has its biggest impact I think it actually perversely in smaller communities and and maybe even on the community theater level It, it actually means something to the community it's performed for um, I
2: think in, in Los Angeles we have like 200, 300 the theaters, small ones mm-hmm. and whatnot, and you, you divide up your audience and the quality of the work that is done. So you don't perhaps sometimes feel that you're actually reaching people or making much of a difference. Mm-hmm. And I think what John is talking about is if you go to you know Kansas and they only have one theater in a city and you work there, you feel like you really are. Everybody in the city comes and sees you and they really respond to the work and, and are happy that they have something that they can see there. And you, you maybe feel feel like you make more of a difference. I think if you're not making money, you'll want to make a difference. The pros
0: and the cons, if you're doing stage work, you're liable to be working on very good, interesting material, and you've got a long rehearsal process and that can be wonderful, as well as the immediate feedback of performing in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. Film and TV, because it's much more intimate, you don't have to push, and so sometimes it can feel like you're actually kind of tapping into a deeper vein of truth, Mm -hmm. which is,
1: I think, perhaps why I'm attracted to those mediums more. Cool. Mr. Billingsley, sci fi fans know you best for Star Trek Enterprise. Can you tell us how you landed the role of Dr. Fox?
0: Yes, I can. But theres I just did another interview in which I told the same story. Maybe I'll change the story radically.
2: Well, I'll <laughs> make comments, dear. Okay, you, you, yes, you there you go. Tell some untruths.
0: I told some untruths? No, you didn't. Maybe. <laughs> you, you fabricated Graduated. a little bit. Exaggerated. Yeah, maybe. A little just a little bit, yeah. Um, uh, as I was saying to another gentleman, I, it was ironic insofar as I had just the day before a couple of days before found out that i was not going to test as i thought i was supposed to for alias mm. for the role of a tech geek that was eventually played by kevin weissman so i was quite disappointed in that and then when the star trek audition came up i thought Oh, jesus that's another opportunity for them to break my heart however i went in they only said one thing to me come in with a slight alien accent they had the scene Slight alien accent was sort of baffling, so I went in, and after much cogitation, I thought perhaps on his home planet he was a bird. So I came <laughs> in with a squawk, and I sort of managed to la-la-la-la-la, as you hear Dr. Flock speak, with the addition, which you never do hear, of me going, arr, arr. I got that part, and uh, and uh, up until the day we shot, I thought I was a bird.
1: And uh, I think you might have used that squawk when you were... When Flox when was addressing, or, or, or just interacting with his with his, his pets, sir, the the, the squawk was, was quickly cut when cameras
0: were rolling the first time. So no, I don't think it ever came up. I, I perhaps I perhaps in homage to the squawk that never was, did actually yes, in a couple of instances, talking with the critters make some noise.
2: I have to say, you did the squawk for me, and I remember talking about. It. I thought it was really charming because you, when Dr. Flocks, we didn't know that Flocks was a kind of flower. So I think part of the thinking was flocks. I remember you asking me, "Do you think he's a rept- part reptilian?" And you know, I was like, "Well, maybe he's a bird." Flocks sounds like a bird, right? I'm a bird. Yeah, and but you—it was really funny. You would when you thought when he got excited yeah. that he would start squawking, and it was really interesting. He would be talking about so he would go raw, and it was very integrated into the entire character. It was—I thought it was, was really quite charming.
0: I was a little sad that they cut it. I, I understand why they cut it. I, you know, I think if they'd actually chosen to go in the direction of making me look like a bird, it might have been interesting. On On the other hand, I've been like four hours in the makeup chair with feathers attached to my butt crack, so probably is for the best. Do you
2: remember how you used to have to say optimism, Captain? Mm -hmm. Remember they they were in the pilot... You were afraid they were gonna make Dr. Flox like this the Cheerio kind of guy for the rest of the series?
0: Yes, yes, that was a concern early on. I thought perhaps they were going to over rely on Flox being the kind of jolly mm-hmm. comic relief fellow. At least they tempered that some they did, they did. I think they they perhaps realized <clears throat> that, that that was a risk too. Could we hear a line with the squawking? I, well, the only problem is it's been so long now that I can't do Dr. Flock's. I don't remember the voice uh-huh. anymore, so I, I, I would, you know, I, I, don't, I, I really don't remember it.
2: It's, so, you know, it's funny because... you remember it? Uh, yeah, it was almost British. It was a little bit... You it's talked like, deep. It was supposed to be. It was, it was a little really bit Indian, Indian. a little bit Indian. Uh, but
0: I, honestly, you know, I had this same problem even during the run of the series when we'd have the summers off. And I'd go back to work. That first episode was always like, "How do I talk?" I was like, huh? Huh? "Huh." I had to, I had to explore it and <laughs> listen to previous episodes.
2: I would, say if you want a sort of sampling of it, I would go watch Galaxy Quest because remember it was uh,
0: Enrico Colantoni. Cal- yeah,
2: because we just, I'd seen that movie and I thought it was he's very funny. Do you know Galaxy yes. Quest? Yeah. and <laughs> he's playing the alien captain. What? And he does all of that That was You were sort of Blending it in that way Where it was came Sort of organically yeah, that's, that's the idea Is that you'd get excited It'd be like Well <laughs> You
0: just sort of You know It'd kind of come out Of the enthusiasm Of the moment And Bonnie was right I worked on it So that it It, it actually felt Like it was earned um, in retrospect it was probably a good thing they didn't go with it
1: now much of Star Trek is the social commentary and, and your character was there to add comic relief but you, you did have uh, your, your fair share of episodes that dealt with social commentary mm-hmm. do, you, do you have a favorite or is there one that maybe you, that you stands out that you're particularly proud of you know, the episodes that I thought were the most interesting
0: on those terms, the episodes that I thought actually had something to say about the way we live, uh, were not all that central to me. Um, the episode I, for instance, thought was maybe my favorite of the four years was *Similitude*, in which uh, oh, yeah. Trip was cloned. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was the best use of everybody in the cast. There was an emotional core. It actually mattered in terms of the arc of the ep- of the arc of the series at the time. That episode had some weight.
2: Lavar Burton mentioned to me that my husband seemed a natural with a baby.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I dropped what? I only dropped two that whole episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> only two.
2: But in stigma, yeah.
0: Stigma, yeah, was another one, though, that I didn't really have all that much to do with. The episodes that were about, I'll say social issues, for lack of a better word, uh, that, that were that where I was involved, Dear Doctor, which caused a lot of controversy insofar as my character seemed to be suggesting that the annihilation of a race was acceptable under certain I was thinking conditions. That one. I'm not sure I agreed with that argument. Um, that certainly caused a lot of hubbub. For me, that episode had more to do with the fact that it was the first episode that Dr. Flox was featured prominently, and it was how I was kind of learning to play the guy so I was more interested in in just certain technical things as an actor, learning how to figure out how to put my own stamp on flocks than I was in the actual issue mm-hmm. presented by the episode and the episode that I didn't really all that wasn't all that wild about was the episode in which it turns out that the Denobulans had had some kind of a race war with another species going back for generations and, and uh, I, I was uh, in the sick bay with one of my patients who was a member of that race and not wanting to treat him um, in, in which it was revealed that Dr. Flox was in the Denobulan infantry hmm. It was like the Denobulan infantry <laughs> really that was my, my one I think the one time I came home from Bonnie and I said out of here, the denobulan infantry. <laughs>
2: it kind of, someone asked me the other day about actors, um, Making up backstories for their characters, you know, and how important that is. And it's like when you're doing TV shows and you try to make up a backstory, inevitably everything you've set up for your character is blown out of the water by the writers eventually. Because John was supposed to be a pacifist in his backstory, a man who went to planets or Denobulan who went to planets and would find creatures and plants to uh, treat people in a very Buddhist kind of organic way. And all of a sudden, he's in the infantry and he has troubles with his son. And it was interesting to. Yeah, it
0: is. It is the challenge, particularly. It was a brand new species. I mean, there was no template for Denobula. What? What's a Denobulin? And so you end up coming up with this very elaborate story that you've created yourself to try and help you articulate who the character is and what his ethos is. And yes, it was amazing to see as the years passed. It's like by the time it was over, there was nothing that I'd conceived of that still.
2: <laughs> Except for that, you would have three wives. Yes, that's true. No,
0: I thought we were. So I thought we were a dying race. I figured the only way to justify the fact that denobulans had never been seen was there were
1: only six or seven of us left. Hmm. Interesting. Um, you're also loved and remembered for your, the episode in Stargate SG-1. The yep. other guys and I thought I enjoyed it too. I thought it was totally brilliant. I'm, I'm glad at least we got a, a sort of follow-up with your co-star Patrick McKenna. No, Patrick.
2: Please don't bring this up. It makes him bitter. I'm
1: bitter. I loved Patrick. I, I'm bitter with you, but um, it would have been better if they would have brought you back in that one too. No yeah. kidding. Did Patrick say that too? No, that's just that, that's just my opinion. Uh, I mean, Patrick
0: it, didn't say that. I, I, Pat- I, I Pat- never met
1: Patrick. Oh, oh, I thought you said
0: you had an interview. Me. Calm down, <laughs> honey.
2: Calm down. It's <laughs> okay. It's Patrick's okay.
0: Addition. Um, uh, yes, no, I, I really, really, really liked working with him, and it was a particularly nice uh, change of pace for me because at the time, I believe I was doing Star Trek, and Star Trek, they're lovely people, lovely people, but they're very anal. I mean, you do not change a word. I've heard that. Whereas Stargate, it was, it was uh, and some of this, I think, came from Richard Dean Anderson's attitude. He, he was very much a kind of, ah, let's just screw around kind of guy. And Patrick was an improviser, and I was an improviser, so they really let us play. Nice. And we, we kind of, a lot of that stuff in that, that episode was just our riff, mm-hmm. um, which is why I kind of thought they would have us back. I thought we were a good team. I was surprised, but they
1: didn't, mm-hmm. and disappointed. Yeah, I think that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Well, Ms. Friderisi did yes, I say it
2: right? Beautifully said.
5: I was up thinking about it all night. <laughs> like fried and greasy. Friederisi, fried, fried-, fried- R- 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 and R- greasy. Very proud of myself. Thank you.
2: No, I'm <laughs> proud of you too. Thank
5: you. <laughs> well, you played General Beckham on Chuck for its five seconds but you run. missed Beckman. Oh!
0: You put so much time on Friederisi, You screwed up Pride. Beckman. No,
2: there's a soccer player called, whose name is Beckham. Beckham. And uh, Beckham. I've gotten to a lot. But okay. It's Beckman.
5: Beckman. It's written here wrong. Oh no. Blame the producer
3: <laughs> Nicely done, Nicely done.
5: <laughs> Well you played General Beckman
2: Diane Beckman um, right. Diane
5: Chuckles Beckman Chuckles Really? Yes, that's what we call her
2: I called her that <laughs> she, she was such a hoot Yes Glenn.
5: <laughs> well uh, Were you happy With the ending Of the series Or do you think It could have ended better?
2: Wow That's a dangerous question Um me personally, if I were a fan watching it, I probably would be a little disappointed just because you know it, it, I thought they it, there could have been a, a different jumping jumping off place for an ending actually however, I, I love Chris Fedak and I, his heart was so in that that I, I think he didn't want to let go of the Chuck and Sarah and so having that ending he got to replay a lot of their memories and the idea that you, you we get to remember all the things they went through together and uh i well, so i think I think he was going for the emotional impact better than
5: the ending of enterprise <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of enterprise, you also had an opportunity to play Borg uh in one episode
2: i did I was Borgified. five
5: Bor- Borg of five
2: yes I, I was actually a researcher that was that was a controversial. Episode 2 Because I think At the time the, There wasn't a, a villain That was as No one could ever be As scary as the Borg mm-hmm. And I think they wanted To kind of inject A little more fear So they brought back The Borg And uh, they based it on uh, The ending of First Contact mm-hmm. The movie yep. First Contact But I think For a lot of fans It was like Wait a minute You can't do that That's not fair So anyway they, they The episode We were three researchers Who were in the uh, North Pole And found The remains Of the The exploded ship I think that had had Borg on it and you know the Borg can replicate once you find them so uh, I then was turned into a baby Borg.
5: What was it like getting in all that Prosthetics.
2: You know, what was interesting about that is they had not had Borg for so long that the makeup artists didn't remember how to do the makeup. Mm. And so what would have been about an hour and a half worth of makeup ended up being five hours. Because after the first go-round, Michael Westmore came down and went, that's not right. That's not what it looks like. And so they had to go back and, and redo all of that.
5: Well, I've got to ask, what about bathroom breaks? That's got to be like tough to sit there for five hours all at prosthetic long.
2: Yeah, I I have a I I don't I have a large bladder and I didn't I thought better not to drink a ton of water.
0: You <laughs> heard frankly, it here, folks. Good, My wife has a large bladder. Good planning. <laughs> wow,
5: <laughs> on the record.
2: Yeah, I will say the plastic snow because we were in the North Pole and they used plastic snow is really nasty. Hmm. Cause it, it you th- think it looks like snow, but they like blow it at you, and it goes in your eyes. I mean, we were getting blinded a bit by it, and there was a, a gentleman. Uh, his name was Mark. Do you remember him? He was a stand-in, and he was playing a, a, a the Borg body, and they had to cover him with plastic snow, and then I was supposed to yeah. uncover his face. And the poor guy was like, he couldn't stand under, sit, lie under it for more than about five seconds because he'd start breathing it in. So they like. You know run say action And we had to like go really really quickly And uh, during one take He couldn't see and he got uh, Plastic snow in his nose and his mouth So he sat up he turned to me and he spat All over me and it, it was funny Everyone started screaming with laughter because he had No idea and I was covered with like spit and <laughs> Plastic snow It was exciting
5: <laughs> Well you both were on the same series At the same time uh, you didn't You were, didn't appear with each other at all But did you get to see each other film
0: I showed up on the day that Bonnie was killed so I could applaud. I (laughs) that as a loving husband.
2: Oh, I know, right, I'm squibbed. Because uh, Scott Bakula uh, was on the ship and he shot us as... We were walking down the the hallway, and I had to fly backwards. And every time I flew backwards, I'd hear gales of laughter, peals <laughs> of laughter from the corner where John was surrounded by all these women. You know, the fir- the first lady, the script supervisor, and all having just a grand time laughing at me. My- do it
5: again! Do it again! Do it again!
2: Do it again! Actually, we have a we had a photograph taken by the by Dave, the first the. What was oh, the yes. city? Yeah, yeah, where John is in a, a t-shirt that says "Sexy Death Soda" or something like <laughs> that, and I'm in my Borg outfit because he was hanging out that day. Yes, yeah, so
5: we sell that at the uh, at the. Uh Cons, you guys, yes. You guys didn't submit any script changes where it became a Romeo and Juliet thing, where you ran off with a board? S- S- submitting submitting the board. The script page. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, You know, there are people who successfully submitted script ideas.
0: It was during, not
2: John. But not me.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah no. I so, You need to act in Congress or something to do that. Well, I, I came up with some ideas and, and, and I, I would never say that they were stolen or appropriated, but they did appear later on. For instance, I had the idea that Dr. Flux, they lost some Wait in one of the in 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 season three that it should be revealed that Doctor Flox had a tapeworm that was so large that all the crew had to pull it out of his mouth, and then it got they threw out the airlock and it wrapped around the ship, and they they decided not to go with that, but they did such a
2: a brilliant idea. They they did give me a tapeworm.
0: They gave me a tapeworm. They gave me the the idea that he goes into when he sleeps and he hibernates. Mm -hmm. That was my idea too. I don't think I ever actually communicated these ideas to the producers, so I can't say they stole them. We were just like mind melding, I guess. Well,
2: and honestly, when I went, I went in and read for my part uh, on that on regeneration, and for some reasons I, I didn't quite understand. And I tend to get nervous when I audition. Rick and Brandon pretended like they didn't know me, so I walked in and kind of went high and like stone faces in front of me and it was like okay and uh, I I wasn't sure I was going to get cast, it was an interesting uh, experience. We we
0: did do an episode of a TV show called Fear Itself which did not last very long was sort of an anthology of scary stories and uh, Bonnie and I played the husband and wife and Bonnie got back at me because she had to smack me in the face and and, uh, I was was misbehaving as the drunken husband and uh, she hit me so hard she sent me sailing across the room
2: this is so not true, but I like the story, dear. That's true, very.
0: But, well, there's some elements of truth in no, it. No,
2: and really, actually, it was. It the... was
0: a ringing slap. Everybody <laughs> in the crew went.
2: <gasps> but we were rehearsing, and you told me to slap you, so I did. <laughs> you no, know, the one who got the bad end, fuzzy end of the lollipop, was your stunt double, because this guy walked up to me and goes, No problem. Because I really. I, my character's supposed to slap John's character because he was drunk. And a fake slap
0: is the worst looking thing in the world. you got to really go for it. Right. Right.
2: Yeah, and the stunt guy was like, Come on you know, no problem. I've got this mm, down. Mm, and, you know, the first slap, he was like, see, look how good you are. Second one got that guy right across the jaw, saw his <laughs> eyes cross, and he had ended- to... Yeah,
0: nice. <laughs> took, out a, took out a stunt person. That's my wife.
2: I really wasn't trying. I just had really bad aim.
0: I know. I know. It's well, a very small area. It's built-up animosity from the Borg episode. Here, let's practice, like honey. Let me try again. <laughs> yeah.
2: Buy Coke. We did that at the exact same time. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> what, what other projects you have uh, that we look forward in the future crickets
2: no you're on Nikita
0: oh, oh that's darling. true that's true I forgot about that yes I, didn't, I did didn't. very fun of, what he's doing on did Nikita. an episode of Nikita and uh, I, I guess that's aired so uh, I, it wouldn't be a surprise to anybody that although I, I do die at the episode of Nikita they somehow managed to bring me back which is uh, I will not explain I will let that be a surprise and I believe I'm going to come back again. They haven't made any explicit promises, but that seems to be the suggestion. So we'll see where that goes. Um, did an episode of Southland, but it's coming up. It's pilot season right now. One hopes uh, another couple of weeks, three weeks, may maybe something will emerge. Um, you know, you're out in the wind as an actor all the time. Right.
2: I'm in... Uh The Lords of Salem, the Mm -hmm. new Rob Zombie movie, which is coming out in April, which should be interesting. I play a 16th century... It's not just me. There are eight of us. There are eight uh, witches from the 16th century who are uh, captured and burned at the stake, and they come back to terrorize the ancestors of the the men responsible for their deaths. Mm -hmm. And it's pure Rob Zombie, which is kind of interesting. And then I also did a... Uh, there's a new kind of thing they're doing uh, putting films on the internet you just you never make, heard of it you make feature <laughs> films. Uh, oh well this is no, this is actually from Fox Studios oh okay so I'm it's sorry. got a studio behind it and I think this is the third one they've done where they do for, for not very much money they shoot a full length film and then they uh, the market they have Regardless is Netflix or Hulu They give it to them and then people can download that So I uh, played around in a movie called Shotgun Wedding Which is a black comedy about a wedding that goes horribly awry And I play the, the mother of the groom Who's determined to make sure the wedding goes forward No matter how many people die It's been a long
4: road Getting from there to here It's been a long time But my time is finally I can feel the change in the way right now. Nothing's in my way. And they're not gonna hold it down no more. No, they're not.
3: ready for dessert sci-fi five and five where we bring you the top five the worst five of anything in science fiction or fantasy in five minutes or less and we
6: are back miles with the sci-fi five and five if i can actually say that Mm -hmm. in a way and uh what what is our sci-fi five and five tonight
1: Well, celebrating Warehouse 13 uh, coming back. And indeed, we need to celebrate it for sure.
6: Mm Yay! Yay! So So why don't we just uh, run down through... Are are these in any order, Miles? Um,
1: No, not in any particular order. I just try to found five great quotes from all all the seasons so far. I mean, there's only been like three, so this is the fourth season.
6: We're in the fourth season now. We're in the fourth season. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, so why don't we go down through these? Do you want to read some of these, M? I think we should read some, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you read uh, number five from the one by Claudia?
3: Okay, number five. Claudia Donovan says, are you going to die on us every year? Because that's really getting old. That's really going to get old. Artie Nelson says, I'm going to keep dying till it takes, or not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good quote. Uh, Number four, Miles. Claudia says, does this mean I'm an agent now? Artie says, no. It means I can reach you anytime, day or night. And Claudia says, okay, not so good.
6: Yeah. Pete, you know, Pete has to be one of the, I mean, he's this jock that's kind of comedy in the show. And he's the sh- in
3: the No Shirt Club, too. Yeah.
6: So yeah. we're going we're to have all, we need to come up with a sci fi five and five that is like the No Shirt Club of sci fi.
3: Done. People. Give me 10 minutes. All right. All
6: right. <laughs> Next show, you're on. So, yeah. all right. Uh, this one's by Pete. Pete says, okay, let's go over what we don't know. Uh, Micah says, that could take weeks. Pete, months. (laughs) Micah, years. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead. Why don't you take the next one, Em?
3: So, number two, Micah says, do you have any enemies? And Mr. Newley says, I'm rich. I'm successful. I'm thin. That usually pisses off someone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And go ahead, Miles. And Micah says, "So you're like 300 years old." Professor Sutton says, "514, actually." I moisturize. <laughs> nice. You know, Warehouse 13 is one
6: of these shows that has great comedic timing down with the script writing, as far as yep. the way they deliver the lines and the way they're presented. And I always find myself laughing at different parts just because of the the timing and that the lines are in it.
1: Right. When I, when when the show came back, it brought something that was. Missing just the, the the kind of the camp factor. Yeah, and I
6: get that with Doctor Who all
1: the time. Okay, so mm-hmm. but well, thank That's you. A good for-
3: word for it. I'm sorry. The camp because I called it. I when I finally caught up on it, I watched thanks to the Netflix as much as I possibly could, and it just was such like it was a very ref- it was sci fi sorbet. It's very refreshing. It's very satisfying. Everybody likes it. You know.
6: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, I am totally with you on that. And it's adventurous, and it's it's great.
3: And Pete takes his
6: shirt off. <laughs> Miles, that excites you, I know. <laughs> no comment. No comment, all right. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast tonight. We're going to wrap up the show and get out of here. So thank you for joining us tonight, Em.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys.
6: Yeah, yeah. Right back at you. Yep, yep. Oh. And uh, Miles, why don't you take us out here?
1: All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya.
3: Thank you so much for visiting the Sci-Fi Diner. We hope you enjoyed the food and the service and the conversations. If you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about or tell us what you're watching or reading, flip open your communicators and contact us at one 508-4343 or click the speakpipe link at dinerpodcast.com. or send an mp3 or typed email to scifidinerpodcast at gmail.com you can also join the conversation on our facebook fan page at facebook.com slash scifidiner we'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show if you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation you can always throw some coins in the tip jar at sci fi